A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I want to know how was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp last night with my wife, uh, and it was I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really, really solid, fun movie. Like this episode of SmackDown. In fact, I, gave, I also gave it three and a half stars. So, yeah. What did you give the first Ant-Man? Uh, four stars, actually. I okay. really, really like the first one. I think the first one's got so much heart to it, and I think the set pieces work really, really nicely. There are... I, Part of Ant-Man has been slightly ruined for me by someone pointing out that its own science doesn't work. They say in the movie that the reason why Ant-Man is so strong is because his molecules have been compressed together, which is why when he's tiny and he punches someone, it's got the weight of like someone who's five times the size of him. Sure. If that's true, and this is a bit of a spoiler for Ant-Man, then Hank Pym wouldn't have been able to carry around that tank with him. It would have been so much heavier. Ah, of course. Smaller. And there's a lot of that because huh. you, you see it in the trailer. They like his big office thing shrinks down into like a little carry case thing. In theory, that should be like you could not lift that whatsoever. And people are just carrying it like it's a beach ball at times. And I suppose the reverse of that would be anything that's made really big isn't heavy. Yes. It'd almost be like a beach ball. Yeah, because their molecules are spread out. But I suppose... because it, The Yanks it, got this film ages ago, by the way. After, <laughs> after a decade of UK getting Marvel movies first, now we're in a weird phase where 
the, the, the Americans are. We haven't had Infinity War out on DVD yet. Well, the only reason we got Home it, release. the only reason we got it late is because of the World Cup. Yeah. They decided that they didn't want the World Cup to affect its box office takings. Which is fair enough. Which is fair enough, but it just means that we got it more or less a month later. I'm salty about Infinity War, though. I'm going <laughs> to rewatch that. Yeah. Because it's not out here for another, like, three weeks. Which is ridiculous. Last week of August. And so this is the big question for me. Lady Partner hasn't seen Infinity War because she just, like, her priorities are wrong. And can she's seen everything else because I've made her. Can she watch Ant-Man and the Wasp the only, and not have Infinity War spoiled? The only film you'll have needed to see is Civil War. Which she's seen and she yes. just didn't like. Yeah, because the majority the, of, like, the character plot stuff, like, is continuing on, is built from Ant-Man and from Civil War. Hmm. And leads off into that, which kind of like it, it sets you up where we are in the sort of post Civil War world. Um, I won't say anything here. Um, but yeah, you, Civil War is about all you need to have seen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Because she likes Paul Rudd because she likes friends. <laughs> yeah, and Paul Rudd has a bath scene in it. So, Ooh. like, there's always that. My my wife was very taken by that sequence. Where the film finished, she was like, Paul Rudd's a very handsome man, isn't he? Mm. And I said, yeah. She goes, a bit surprised by that bath sequence. I was like, where did this come from? Well, he's a handsome man, and he just seems like a lovely chap. And he has not aged a day. Yeah. He looks younger now than he did in Halloween 6 in 1996. I don't understand it. He's He is uh, the opposite of Jack. Jack. Isn't that the name of the Robin Williams oh, character? Oh, yes, yes, that's what you're saying. Who gets really old real fast and I mean, has a yeah. strangely paedophilic relationship with a teacher. <laughs> I thought you were just going to mention um, Benjamin Button. Ah, uh, that would be the other way round. No, he yeah. becomes... A, yes, so it would be Benjamin Button. Yes. That is the that is a, 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 a much more appropriate... <laughs> Uh, example of that, and yeah. time appropriate as well because Jack came out quite some time ago. Yeah, to the that's point where my mind goes to, to the, first. To the point where I'd forgotten it even happened. It's not like a distinctive thing either. If you just say, "Oh, it's like Jack," <laughs> that could mean so many things. There's a lot of people called Jack out there. Yeah. What was that doctor film he did? Patch um, Adams. Patch Adams. That's the one. Yeah. Have you ever seen the guy, the it's real brutal movie, the real Patch Adams? Um, Probably. But and him refresh ta- me. And him talk about that film because he hates that movie. Because he said that all it does is reduces the work that he was doing, the scientific work he was doing to be a clown. And that's not what he was suggesting in any of his research. Not only that, but like the, the love interest that's in Patch Adams the movie is completely fabricated. And in fact, it was his friend who was a male man. But they wanted to have this love interest in the movie. So they gender swapped it and then... But then they still have the same consequence where they get killed by one of his patients. And he's just like, oh, it seems a little bit like that's not really a good representation of what actually happens. Yeah. Movie producers like to do that, don't they? Don't they just? I was listening to Joe Rogan's interview with Macaulay Culkin today. Lovely stuff. Which is weird. Macaulay Culkin, a wrestling podcaster, Macaulay Culkin. Mm, Yeah, he likes the graps. And they got on to Foxcatcher, the sort of amateur wrestling movie which Kurt Angle has real life experience with it's a fascinating story if you don't know it I, I won't go into it now because I'll butcher it but just search Foxcatcher or better yet go and watch the overlong quite tedious at times but oh, very well acted movie that's, that's it. I don't remember you having that criticism when we because uh, we saw it together we yeah. saw it at the London Film Festival yeah yeah I really liked it yeah it's uh, 
it's 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 a three hour roar <laughs> it's really good but it's three hours you know <laughs> uh so the, the apparently there's a bit where channing tatum goes to wrestle amateur wrestling a match against uh a in real life he was this super cool black guy who came to the the ring in like a kimono you're like well that's a really cool character from real life but the movie producers changed it to a white guy from russia (laughs) well why why change that because you've got to sometimes, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, because sometimes. the Russians are the enemy in in America. Absolutely, God, oh, those dastardly yeah. Russians. Where's Steven Seagal when you need him to uh. to take him down? He's now working with them, essentially. Uh, it's a bit of political humour for you. Um, but what did you do last night? Oh, I went to see Kinky Boots. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, you went to the theatre. Yeah. How was it? So uh, we, my lady partner, knew one of the the dancers in it. So we got to watch. She knows everyone. Yeah, we got to watch him. Uh, dance around very impressively in high heels and in full drag. That is impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's funny, um, but the 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 songs hunk. <laughs> I can't remember a single song, and it's kind of funny. And sometimes it's super hokey. And afterwards, because we went with like that crowd, and we met the person who was in it afterwards for a drink. Um, and it came out that Cindy Lauper wrote all the music. No, really? Eight, 80% fact. Haven't checked this. That's what was said. And like we were talking. And you know when you get that bit when everyone's like, wow, that's really impressive. And you think, oh, I've got an, I've got an interesting Cindy Lauper fact. I was like, hey, if it wasn't for Cindy Lauper, WWE wouldn't be where it is today. And then it was just kind of like everyone went, ah, and I just, oh, why did I even say that? That's Yeah, that's an interesting fact for us, I guess. Yeah, but I just didn't even think about it. I'd already had a glass of red <laughs> and it just it just fell out. And it was, yeah, I, I, I stayed silent for the rest. I didn't know these people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could have like <laughs> extrapolated that out because you've got to speak to your audience, haven't you? So this audience might not know what those three letters mean. So you'd be like, man, if it wasn't for Cindy Lauper, like she changed pro wrestling forever. Like that, because that's yeah. you might invite someone to be like, "Oh, really?" And then, and then later, one of them inevitably asked me what I did, and I said, uh, "I, uh, I, I work on a wrestling channel on YouTube." And they just went, "I love YouTube," and turned around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before we get out of there, I'm going to do a quick Rusev Hay for you. Rusev From uh, Chris Smith, uh, who's already shared a story about meeting Brian Kendrick, and he's got another one that he would like to share with us. When I was eight years old, back in 1999, my family and I were on holiday in Florida. We were eating at a restaurant when my dad pointed to the next table and whispered, that's Hulk Hogan. Wow. I couldn't see the back of his head, but the bandana was all the evidence I needed. We politely waited until he had finished eating before asking for a photo, which he happily agreed to. What makes this story funny, though, that it's in 1999. I wasn't a wrestling fan yet, and I didn't care that he was the most famous wrestler of all time. I knew he was a, uh, I knew that he was a wrestler, but I didn't know about Hulkamania, Andre the Giant, or the NWO. In fact, my only knowledge of Hogan at the time was that he was the star of the hit movie, The Secret Agents club <laughs> hope you enjoyed that reference chris and i do enjoy that reference because that film is very very bad and <laughs> i kind of love it it also features uh brian knobs of the nasty boys oh, in a really odd like hogan's my buddy and he got me a cameo walk-on in this one where he plays like an umpire at a, a, a kid's baseball game 
And um, it's basically, imagine Hulk Hogan in, in the 1990s doing a James Bond film from the 1970s. Well, that sounds terrific. It, it really is. Brother. But, <laughs> but uh, we've got SmackDown to get to. Talking about whether or not SmackDown are doing a little bit of shooting from the hip on some of WWE's booking. And then we talk about a show which I thought was really good, but everyone's going to assume that I thought was rubbish. So here's the show. Well, there were a few jokes in last night's episode that initially just seemed to be kayfabe jokes. But then there's one joke that actively made fun of something we've all been mocking the last couple of weeks, and it's it's WWE's booking of matches. So, uh, yeah, that's it. it started off with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They sort of had a tense falling out. Mm. Well, not not a falling no. out or anything, but it's a been alluded meeting. to. Yeah. Yes, a tense meeting where essentially Charlotte walked up to Becky and they sort of talked over each other because the first one wanted to say that, you know, they make the first move, but then, like, nope, you talk. And Charlotte was saying, hey, look, I didn't want to steal your spotlight, but Paige gave me the match. I'm a competitive person. Obviously, I wanted to win. And Becky was like, look, I want to be happy for you, but got to be honest, I'm, you know, gutted that it's not me in a one-on-one match. Further, further planting those seeds for the heel turn that I'm almost certain is happening. And I've, I've said it before, and I was saying it to our redditor just before we pressed record there. If this is a swerve and Charlotte is turning heel, that's proper rubbish storytelling. Yeah. Uh, the it's This is from when Charlotte beat Carmella last week to be also added to the Becky Lynch-Carmella match. Yes, which we'll come on to, because that's the next joke yeah, that yeah. they made. But they uh, then went on to say, I'll let you uh, continue... Yeah, uh, they then they like Becky's like, yeah, we're, we're all fine. Like we've got a match up next. It's against the Iconics. I mean, we're not Bailey and Sasha Banks, which is weird because I didn't see it as like Slam. a uh, as a, a shooting on WWE booking until you mentioned it. I thought it was just because we are as fans supposed to know that the four of them are friends mm. and they're just sort of making some jokes about their friends. Well, that's that's why this one's on on the wire. I okay, see. so this one, you know, this makes sense in a kayfabe world, but if if the stars of SmackDown watch Raw, which, which you'd I, imagine they do, yeah, you'd think they do at a jaunty angle. <laughs> and when we say shoots, by the way, this is this is obviously work shoots, but it is like SmackDown making fun of these concepts. But yes, this this example is fits within the characters and the backstage sort of world in WWE for the four horsewomen of Charlotte, Becky, and actually that's another interesting point. They don't really allude to them all being a group together. No. And now we've got the Evolution pay-per-view coming up. There's rumours of the four horsewomen of UFC versus WWE being back on a match that was scrapped last year. I wonder if they'll do that at Evolution mm. or they'll do a variation of it because I, I've made my prediction. I think that's where Rousey is winning the belt. So that takes Rousey out of that match. And whether you then just do it as, say, Bailey, Becky, and uh, Banks versus. Oh no, actually, didn't you? Because you've got um, Shayna Baszler's going to be women's champion in theory yeah. as well. So that takes her out of the match. So maybe you just do it as a tag match of Bailey and Banks versus Marina Shafir and Desmond Duke. Yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah, that's that's like Sasha and Bailey has been what most people are calling the worst storyline of WWE, not just of this year, but in quite a long time. Just yeah. in its stop-start nature, it went on forever. It seems to have come good now because they're actually a pretty... Solid tag team. Pretty solid tag team. Got matching gear and everything. But do not forget that to get here, we had s- at least six months of awful storytelling. A lot more than that. And then, you know, years of 
rubbish context beforehand. Anyway, that's just like a little joke from uh, Becky and Charlotte. And they, they both joked and they laughed and they, they, little they drank thing. their tea. Tea Generation X. But then this is the way more interesting one for me. And but it, again, what I love about this, it also works within the context of a character. Mm, yeah. Well, I wa- yeah, the character is another thing I want to talk about here. So this is Shinsuke Nakamura is doing an interview backstage with Rene Young. He's talking about the United States. I don't, I can't remember what he, he was, was talking, talking about. He was talking about his match with Jeff Hardy because they've confirmed that it's a one-on-one match. It's Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship at SummerSlam. Sorry, Randy. Well, Randy might get added in next week. Yes, possibly. He's still stirring that pot. Uh, Randy's got to get on the card somehow. Yeah, and uh, and our truth walks in with Ty Dillinger trying to hold him back. They've become quite a nice odd couple pairing backstage mm. in WWE. You know, like when you need two guys to lose to Samoa Joe, <laughs> they're just there for you. There you guys. And our truth walks in. He's like, I want a US title match, and I'm gonna get it by beating Carmella. Wait, is it his words were? I can need to find where it, it was, is now. It was so funny. The delivery was perfect. Yeah, he says, uh, he goes, uh, I'm going to do what everyone else does around here. I'm going to beat Carmella, and that's how I'll get the match. Yes. So really, it's such a, genuinely, a very funny line of dialogue. Very funny line of dialogue. Very funny delivery. Like, he couldn't have delivered that better. So perfect. Um, And this is after a couple of weeks of Becky beating Carmella to get the SummerSlam title match. Charlotte doing the same thing. And then there were reports yesterday, still might happen, that Asuka, where's she been? Like, she also might beat Carmella to get added, to make it a four-way. Mm-hmm. And off the back of those reports online, you get this this line, which I think is one of those perfect lines where it works for the crowd who are just watching week to week telly and it really works for fans who obsess over stuff like this like us as well yeah because it hits all those levels now so that and that is like that's not a a joke about uh like it, it doesn't so much work in character or continuity this is this is a joke about how wwe has been booking that feud yeah, but it also works because our truth doesn't really know what's going on. That's why mm. so you kind of you got that out with truth doing this joke because he is a man who just assumes that he knows what is what is the the rules of the land and he doesn't because then Ty Dillinger says like one of you can't face it. and I can't remember his words but he sent you like pointed to Renee Young and said like, well I can't fight Renee Young she's a girl. Yeah, but obviously he wants to fight Carmella, who is also a girl. That's how you get the title shots around here. Exactly, you got to beat Carmella to get him. And, that, and that's something like you know, people have been making fun of online as well that Carmella looks like a weak champion. Everyone has to beat her to get another title shot. Character a- makes no sense. And this is where, allow me to fantasy book for a second. <laughs> Please do. Our truth is he actually the Deadpool of WWE? <laughs> Does he know? That he is in a predetermined wrestling show. Hmm. I mean, it's an interesting concept. And Wh- and that knowledge of self-awareness has driven him insane. <laughs> Whether that could work or not is a very different matter, because that's quite a line you have to tow. That's that'd be very difficult to pull off. You get into WCW Vince Russo, pretty booking, much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where you start to like. Oh, I'm supposed to. I know the finish of tonight. Mm. I'm not jobbing out to you, and you start to you move into those territories there. But if it's played up for yucks, then possibly it could work. I like this is not an overt thing that has to be has to be shown on TV. But I think you can add in enough things. Just just for fans like us, which WWE don't really seem to care about, actually, so they probably won't do this. 
where it looks like R-Truth is a self-aware wrestling character. Which I quite like. Yeah, that's quite it's funny. Quite good, <laughs> I think. Anyway, that's just some fun stuff. Let's get on with the rest of the show. I'm sure Luke loved it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Did you love it? I steal a Pachitiism. I thought it was fine. Like I, I gave it a uh, high smack bang in the middle. That's three and a half. Out, that's three and a half out of five. Okay. Like that, I thought that's it was above fine. Yeah, that's about like it is. Yeah, like I'm fine as Mike. It's a good show. I enjoyed the show. It's just for me. Um, whereas last week's was like far too promo heavy, and there was like you know pretty much no wrestling whatsoever. This one balanced the promos and matches so much better, but it didn't have that killer angle that made you want to see SummerSlam. It just had one excellent excellent match and that our truth joke and then everything else was just sort of there see i disagree i think everything else was there being very good and also further in everything you're two weeks out from SummerSlam. you don't really need that you know there are a few sure there are a few 
storylines here that could have done with it. And that would have made it maybe even a smack. Damn, that's the top one, right? It is, yeah. I thought this was smacktastic. But if you say you were a high smack bang in the middle, yeah. we've given our stuff away right at the start. Um, it was very close. Anyway, we started off the episode with Randy Orton cutting a killer promo. Well, it was. And again, this is where I'm going to sound like I'm a negative Nancy here. <laughs> this was a good promo, but it was the same promo he did yeah. two weeks ago. And that that's where some of my issues lie with this show, is that last week you had that absolutely awesome angle with Randy Orton just destroying Jeff Hardy two weeks previous. Wiping to, off the face paint. Two weeks previous to that, you had him do that, that another awesome beatdown. And then he came out and he explained his actions. Then he beat him down again. And then he just sort of explained his actions again. Mm. And it's it's the same content we've already heard, which is, this is why I'm beating up Jeff Hardy. This is why I'm doing this. I'm this, I'm that, you don't respect me. And then he just walked out. And I was like, cool, so that led to nothing then. Like, it was a, it was a pointless segment. If this segment wasn't on the show, it wouldn't have affected A, the feud, or B, the show overall. So it was an absolutely pointless segment. Well, it wasn't pointless, but I would say it was probably surplus. So, um, so, you know, tomato, tomato. Well, no, I think they're they're different things because if it's pointless, they didn't. It 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 did su- succeed in its point in getting over Randy Orton as a heel. Well, we got that last. We got week. that last week and yeah. the week previous and yeah. the week previous to that. So it's not like oh, now I definitely know he's a heel. Um, but the thing that I didn't like about the promo, although I did. Love it. It's great to see Orton caring about a character again. Great promo. Uh, great delivery of a promo. Yes. Um, is that it, it does seem he's going in the character direction of, I'm just going to beat up all your favourites. And I was hoping he would flip the old legend killer character on its head and go after all the young up-and-comers. Uh, but he's not. He's, he's definitely going after Jeff Hardy. <laughs> he is, he's yeah. definitely going after everyone yeah. at the top. So yeah. that, that's that's a shame for me because there's so much potential in that character there. Yeah, I think the the character that you and I sort of like fantasy booked in our head with this sort of like with this paranoid delusional man who was afraid that someone was going to take his spot and he was going to try and sort of squash all those people that might try and uh, be the you know the next pretender to the throne. And uh, but here it's mostly just like I really just don't like Jeff Hardy, mm. and be- and I don't like Jeff Hardy because you or you lot like him, yeah. I, and I won the Royal Rumble, and I've won Survivor Series, and I've main evented WrestleMania, and I don't get I don't get no respect around here. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's that sort of lazy stuff of oh the crowd you don't respect me, and it's like. Well, man, he's just been getting cheered for like four years. People <laughs> love you. It I rings do, a bit hollow. I do like him as uh, the three most devastating letters in this company as RK, and he won't finish it off because that would to finish it off would be a babyface thing to mm, do. So he just mm. throws the mic. I like that touch. I think it's really nice. Um, just as an aside, to finish off that Randy Orton young up and comer killer character you know at the end it could all be revealed that he's just doing it because he wants to be defeated. He wants to create the next star. Okay, Uh, then we got the Charlotte and Becky Lynch bit backstage uh, and we got that really funny, yeah, we're not Sasha and Bailey line from Becky. Mm -hmm. Again, great delivery because Becky is a great actor. Yep, and she should make a great heel in theory. And it's funny because I was going through a lot of the photos getting ready for the... um uh, for the SmackDown review, and it almost seemed like every time I froze or you know I stopped the recording um, to to screen cap something, or I was getting a photo off of WWE.com, there's always Becky in the background that is pulling a face that's just like 
You mother effer. Mm. You stole my spot, and I'm so going to get you back for this at SummerSlam. Well, she's a grumpy Becky. She's a grumpy Whoa, Becky. She's grumpy, not, she's not happy. Becky. Which probably means that Charlotte is the one that's turning heel, because yeah. it'll make no sense. Uh, so they they have that little bit of tension backstage, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. We're going to tag together. Yeah. Carmella comes down for this tag match. And then the iconics, Carmella, sorry, Charlotte and Becky's opponents come out. And they cut a really good promo. I love the Iconics. Yeah. The crowd trying to boring at them, but I, I really, really like the Iconics. And I think their shtick really works. But I just think that they have been... They haven't been given a win, so no one takes them seriously now. So when they do come out cutting their promos, everyone will just chant boring at them. So I think, you know, it's almost... it's It was bound to happen. I got I thought that boring heat was good heel heat. Oh, no, I... I, I don't think it was go away. I think it was, oh, no, you're... You just said something bad about Orlando. No, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was more like, I, I don't want to hear this. Oh, I, I, I thought it was the good kind of heel heat. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought that... Because usually these Iconics promos, even though it's good content and it's great delivery, often falls flat because of the crowd. But the crowd reacting in the way they did here, I thought, made it feel like a better segment. But in... Uh, to maybe not so much back up the point that I was going to, that I was making, or to to argue against that, the crowd then weren't sort of weren't really booing them during the match, so that the, the heats aren't really connected. I don't think. Yeah, but that's because it's a match. <laughs> you know, the crowd the crowds don't care about matches well, maybe unless uh, unless it's rest holds. Yeah. So which they, is what they got here, more or less, because this match started and then there was an ad break and it came back to um, Becky getting the hot tags. We didn't even get the rest hold spot. Mm. We just got the hot tag. Uh, and then they sort of ran wild. But what I love, I loved the finish to this. Loved yeah. the finish, which is that Becky locked in the disarmor and Billy Kay broke that up. And then the first thing that Charlotte did was she tagged in, which is a smart ta- not a smart play if you're a tag team. She tagged in, locked in the figure eight, and she got the win. Mm. It's more fuel for that Becky fire of just being like, I could have had the win there, but Charlotte tagged me out and she got the win. Yeah. There's nice subtle stuff in there and you could and she could see it in her face when she was celebrating as celebrating the win and when she did the promo afterwards it, with the uh, the backstage segment with Charlotte afterwards. I think it's just really really good stuff from Lynch. Mm. Yeah, and and she sold the the stuff in the Iconics promo really well as well, which was it was like a word association game. <coughs> Orlando rubbish. <coughs> uh Charlotte overrated. And then they say Becky and like, "Oh, we can't see you. You're yeah. in Charlotte's shadow." And Becky was like, she sold it in a way where she's conveying anger with the Iconics, but somehow also side-angering. I know, to right? Charlotte, it's great. It's really good to, stuff. To, to hit all those notes. I think if, if, Becky can, if Becky does turn heel at SummerSlam, it will be a really, really nice and well-told heel turn. And, and she'll have a reason to have done mm. it. She'll be justified in her heel turn. And it will make for a much more interesting character coming out the back of it. Yeah. It's. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hmm. have done it because I think Becky is a, an incredible babyface. But if you are going to turn someone heel, at least make it worthwhile. At least yeah. make it a good thing. Someone actually sent me a, a tweet before we came in here, pitching their idea for a Carmella face turn off the back of this, sort of, mm. sort of coming out of all these sorts of things. And I suddenly thought to myself, what a like I couldn't think of anything worse than a Carmella baby face turn. She moonwalks. <laughs> I suppose she does. But my first thought was like, oh do you remember when the Miz was a baby face when he was mm. like Ric Flair's protege and he was winning matches with the figure four and the they were gen like WWE genuinely thought people would get behind the Miz as a baby face. 
Nope, no, they did not. He was healed shortly thereafter. Sometimes people are just suited for one type of character for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yep. Heel or baby face. Absolutely. Uh, just and, one, that's, and that's not a bad thing. One more thing on the Charlotte tag in for the finish here. Uh, she hits a moonsault. <laughs> onto their arms. Onto their arms. So the Iconics are holding arms between yeah. each other. Charlotte hits their, her moonsault. And the force of it... Knocked. That sends all of them over, yeah. Um, but it, it, she only landed on their arms but it, between them. I would say it was not the worst spot in this match, nor was it the worst spot in uh, the two women's matches that we got. Um, I thought that Flair's when she twice she's done this now, where she does like a little leap over to the uh, uh, to the outside. But either she is not getting the distance, which it really does look like she isn't, because she almost lands on the apron, she's leaving that short of a distance, or everyone is just wildly out of position when she does it. Mm. Because she did it again, she did it last week, and essentially just landed on the mat because Carmella was, you know, a foot away. And she did it again, and the, car- the Iconics had to sprint to the ring in order to catch her. I'd really suggest not, like, not doing that spot anymore. Yeah. Springboard at the outside. Do your moonsaults to the outside. That's where, that's where Charlotte uh, shines. And Charlotte and Becky pose staring down Carmella mm. on commentary. Triple threat. Then we got a, a New Day promo. This is funny. He's doing a Richard Pryor. Well, Richard Pryor impersonation of a white guy. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Kofi was doing that bit. Uh, into, like, taking over from Renee. But this was one of those charming taking over from Renee ones, rather than the just Thanos away bit. Well, they handed the microphone back to yeah. her because she's got a job to do. And then Renee's like, oh, you guys. <laughs> Showing some character. Yeah. How dare she? Um, then uh, we got a clip of Miz. From earlier today, in his little Mr. and Mrs. set. Mr. and Mrs. set. Yeah. Accepting Brian's challenge for SummerSlam. And I kind of had to blink and replay this segment because I couldn't believe that they undersold this major plot point in the feud about Miz finally giving Brian this match. What the hell, WWE? This was like the major source of intrigue from last week. Brian challenging for the match and Miz saying, no, you're beneath me. And then you pay this off with a WWE.com exclusive nonsense thing that you film from earlier in the day just for the idea of a a cheap running spot at the end, which was cute, but really... A lot left on the table here. This was very disappointing. Well, this is, again, back to that point I was making about, like, why a lot of SmackDown I just thought was just more or less there. Like, the Miz interview that he did with Byron Saxton was essentially the exact same interview they did last week. Only Byron was in the ring and not Daniel Bryan. And then Bryan did the attack afterwards. But, like, it wasn't like that attack was like, well, that's a nice new wrinkle uh, to this. It, it didn't really feel like much of anything. And, yeah, I'm mean, agreeing with you. I think that Miz kind of almost forcing... Brian, sorry, Brian forcing Miz into accepting the match, maybe putting him into the yes lock until he's like, until he screams that he wants to give him the match, something like that. But Miz just going like, yeah, all right then, yeah. But I, I like. I think it, Brian should have put uh, the baby in the Miz, <laughs> the, the baby in the <laughs> yes the lock. yes lock. Yeah, yeah. Like I just think he should have done something because he laid down the challenge last week, and then this week he just went, cool, let's have the match. Well, remember last week we were kind of fantasy booking again are the directions you could go in here the only way that Miz will accept this match is if Brian's career is on the line and with the real life backstage story stuff of Brian's contract coming up on September 1st which Miz alluded to 
in the promo from last week. There's so much stuff there, and you make it believable. You kind of make it like a CM Punk thing, where a lot of the, a, a big portion of the fans are actually going, wait a second, is that real? And that's like the sweet spot for wrestling for me. But you just drop all of that and just make it a normal match. And like, I'm not saying it, sh- it shouldn't just be a normal match, because Miz and Brian is this thing that's been built up for years and really has quite a special blood feud element to it. But week after week, WWE are making me want to see it less. This is one of those open goal scenarios where you just have to tap it in. And they are they keep hitting the post or a baby that just walks up. Like, think of the ridiculous angles we've had for this feud that writes itself. And you have tried to go in there and write it over the top of the good stuff that was already in there. This feud, actually, is really being hindered by Miz and Mrs. Yeah, well, he's, uh, I mean, I feel like we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but that was all he wanted to talk about in the thing. He wants to talk about how it's getting better ratings than Total Birds, which I bloody called a couple of weeks ago that he would do. As soon as it did really won the ratings, I was like, I cannot wait for that to be part of the feud. And you're right, I think the Miz and Mrs. really is hampering a lot of this because it feels like they want to promote that more than they do this match and it's getting to the point now where i'm almost thinking if brian is resigning we're going to get miz and brian for the next three pay-per-views because it will just be like it won't be this blood feud that culminates at the big show it'll just be any old feud that we just do for three straight pay-per-views because that's what we do yeah this really felt like a one-off big time match you pay off at SummerSlam and they don't meet again brian gets the win they don't meet again for like another six months but yeah, that there's. It's not that this is a bad feud. This is still a good feud. Both guys are doing great promo work. Some of the angles are actually quite enticing. Some are absolutely ridiculous. But it's just what this could have been is so much more than what it is right now. It's really disappointing and sad because you only get one time to pay this off properly. And it's been in the works for years and years and years. Yeah. Years and years and years, as Viper would say. Next up, we got the Charlotte and Becky backstage after winning bit where they cheersed with the tea. Yep, Becky said that she loves tagging with her best friend, but at SummerSlam it'll be very different. That's another thing. Miz accepting the Brian match was just a 45-second clip. Yeah, but he got a promo to do later on. He's got, he's got Miz and Miz to promote. Uh, then we got a Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles video package, uh, which was good. Mm-hmm. And then... AJ comes out, cuts a promo on Joe in the ring, said, ah, actually, I love my family. And then he left. And then he left. And that, like, you had that awesome promo for Samoa Joe last week. And how do you follow up on that? By AJ cutting a, a really nothing promo mm. and then leaving. And Joe was watching backstage. That's what I mean, man. Like, you set something up and you're not building up on anything throughout this show. It's just, this was just another promo that was there. And the crowd were not into this promo at all. It was a boring promo. It was a really boring promo, but it felt like he was appealing to all of the parents that were in the crowd. But the parents weren't responding to anything. So it just, it came off really, really flat. Mm. And it was actually, yeah, really, really dull. The only thing I liked was the last line where it says that, you know, you won't be walking out of SummerSlam the WWE Champion. You won't be walking out at all. It's about, like, it was a good closing line, but the crowd were not into this whatsoever. And then it cuts to Joe watching on a monitor backstage. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Evil heel laugh. Yeah, like, as I said in the SmackDown review, what this show was missing was a killer angle. Yeah. It was missing a killer angle that would make you want to watch SummerSlam. And you could have had that here, you could have had it with the Miz and Brian thing, you could have had it with the Randy Orton promo at the start. But it was really, there was sort of nothing. There was just stuff that happened. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, because it had the killer match. It had the killer match. Uh, Good Lord, did it have the killer match. But that's not this next one. No. <laughs> no, that's a bit later on. Uh, so we got Lana working out backstage with an exercise band. And Rusev comes over and apologises and says, I'll come out with you for your match against Selena Vega next. <laughs> Goody, a and rematch. Yeah, why? Because Lana lost and she asked for the rematch. That, that okay. at least makes some sort okay. of sense. I, that's me putting logic onto it. They, I don't they think, didn't say that, They didn't did they? say that. No, that, that was me projecting. Yeah. Uh, and Lana's like, you're forgiven. And then Aiden English comes in. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's just all. Because I want them to be together. It's like I'm invested then? in all of these characters and as them as a team. And English apologises genuinely. He's another great actor. Like, this is this has been a week of great acting for WWE. Heyman, Becky Lynch, all the New Day, just how they do stuff. Yeah, great all around. It doesn't happen a lot, but it should be praised when it does. Miz, Brian. Yep, yep. Uh, and Rusev forgives him. And I'm like, yay. But then as they go to the match for Lana, Rusev says, hey, buddy, you might want to sit this one out. Yeah, you want to stay backstage. Mm, and that was like... This this is a nice story now that I feel English is justified mm-hmm. in turning heel, and you know English could get a nice little heel run off of this. Yeah, he could do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got Zelina Vega versus Lana. Uh, it was a nothing match. Yeah, nothing match. Slightly better than last week's, but um, yeah, still pretty much a nothing match. Um, and then Almas kind of got into the ring, and that that he and Rusev had a little tussle on the outside. That distracted Lana. And then is where I, I thought th- Rusev was really good the way he went after Andrade. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, don't you go near my wife. And it Andra- was good fire. And Andrade's very good at doing, like, the getting into the ring distraction. He's very good. Like, he gets up onto the ropes and everything. Doesn't just stand on the apron. Proper looks like he's going to get in and attack mm. someone. And then, so they're having this tussle on the outside. Lana is climbing up onto the turnbuckle. And she's kind of like, she's got one foot on the second rope and one foot up on the top one. Uh, Aiden English runs down and he kind of rugby tackles Andrade into Lana, who then I think got shot because she did this big old flip dive over the top rope and then they, like Vega did the double knees and got the win. And I watched the replay, I was like, in kayfabe world, how did Lana take this bump? Like, what made her, what force made her do that bump? Yeah, it's... Not hokey as hell. The ropes work weirdly, man. <laughs> like that, like, you know, the Irish whip people bounce back off. Sometimes if if one because they're so taut yeah if they get knocked it could just like bullets like ricochets off bullets no yeah, one yeah. knows where those fragments go jfk it could it could just jfk could have just been shot once <laughs> because just the way ricochets work no, inexact science yeah no one knows what direction bits are going to go off into and I, I can only assume that's what happened to lana here yeah. It's a better excuse than what the commentary said, so uh, I, I can buy into that. But um, it's physics. I, I mean, really. I made this joke in the news as well, uh, the, in the review, and I'll make it here. This is less Rusev Day and more Groundhog Day. We're just sort of oh. doing, just doing the same angle over and over again. Snap, son. I That's know, good. right? Uh, then we got that great R Truth and Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> so bit. funny, it's really, great. genuinely. If you, uh, we get a lot of comments on, in the YouTube videos that say they don't watch um, Raw and SmackDown; they just watch us doing the review seek out this segment it'll be on their youtube channel because it really was funny and the paul Heyman interview yeah and the paul Heyman addendum you yes yeah, yeah i did yeah actually i mean that's the other thing <laughs> sorry to go back to the our truth promo nakamura then starts cutting a promo in him in japanese and he walks away and everyone's like oh, what did he say and our truth like, i can't believe he just said that <laughs> and you know that our truth doesn't understand what he just said but he knew in his weird mind 
that what he said was a challenge. No, R-Truth does know because he knows he's in a wrestling show. Maybe. Yeah. He got the subtitles. He was seeing the <laughs> subtitles in front of Nakamura. Then after the uh, the that segment backstage, it cuts to the commentary team. I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I see the commentary team doing, oh, now we're going to throw to this thing. Now we're going to talk about how great Stephanie McMahon is because we've got an evolution promo. Now we're going to spend the next 20 minutes running down the t- 400 matches at SummerSlam. So I turn off <laughs> and it cuts back to ringside. And Byron's taking off his headset and throwing it down. Corey's shouting at him. I'm not really listening to any of this. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I got really excited, went back to, like, rewatch that bit. No, it's just Byron had an interview with The Miz in the ring. Corey was annoyed that Byron got that spot. I yeah. thought we could have a two-man booth. <laughs> no, Byron, so Corey was annoyed that Byron got the journalistic interview that really Corey Graves should have got. And but it was just I mean I said this in the review as well. It was such an odd little setup because Byron is standing in the ring and he's like you know my guest at this time the Miz. You expect the Miz to come out, but no, the Miz is up on the screen. Mm. And so Byron's interviewing him on the screen, sort of, but he doesn't really do anything. It wasn't an interview in the slightest. Yeah, it was such an odd, such an oddly staged segment. Yeah, why is Saxton the guy you need? And I, I, li- I like Saxton. It's just didn't really need any of this. Rena Young could have done it. Rena Young would have been perfect because of the talking smack history with Brian and Miz. No one remembers that. Uh, Come on, mate. And she could say like, "Hey, you know this. This happened back then. I was there." Oh uh, yeah, it's just. Um, do you know what this? Do you know on? what this feud needs? <laughs> I tell you what this feud needs. It needs a video package. It needs a video package that it will hype you up and say, like, here is the history of this. Almost like running through their history week by week of just like little vignettes of just like Daniel Bryan when he was first in NXT, Daniel yeah. Bryan winning his first championship. The, all the little bits of pieces, times they crossed over, that talking smack stuff. You could run these little bits to explain to an audience why these two have this history rather than having Miz cut the same promo week in, week out. Because mm. this is now the third week in a row that Miz has cut this promo. And it is the same content every single time. And that's, it's not building any interest into the feud, whereas visually that might add a little bit to it. And it's not like WWE are rubbish at making video packages. They can make video pack. They can make. They managed to make Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar look like an an all time incredible feud. They could work wonders with this rather than just do it on SummerSlam, where you've already sort of bought the pay per view and are already watching it. Yeah, I totally agree. And they've done that with quite a few other feuds. They did it with AJ and yeah. Joe earlier in the in the show. Which has had two angles to cut <laughs> stuff from. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they just thought we have to fill, we have to try and reverse engineer a feud out of this. Yeah, got nothing uh, to work with. Uh, but the, the Miz's promo was con- like content-wise the same as it has been for a while now. But performance-wise, great, it's great. He's a great promo. Great. And then because this is on the set of Miz and Misses, I mean it's quite clearly the backstage area. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. I know we're in a few with them at the moment, but uh, Ross from Cultaholic made an incredible discovery that there's a piece of artwork that is in the same... It was in the Miz segment last week. It was in uh, Brock Lesnar's training room last week. And it was in the Paul Heyman mm. interview this week. It's this random piece of artwork. that I was actually looking out for it this week. It's the new Pure Country, Pure Heart poster. <laughs> it's, it's following them everywhere. It's just like a generic sky landscape <laughs> thing as well, isn't it? It's not calming at all. It's just infuriatingly banal. Uh, but... 
Brian attacks Miz from out of nowhere, which I quite liked. I liked it, yeah. Uh, and they, they had a brief scuffle, but Miz pushed Brian into a vase, and the vase shattered, and Miz's security guys ushered him Miz, out. Miz uh, cracked him over the head with a vase. Oh, was that how it worked? Yes. Yeah. Well, I I thought really poetic justice-wise, it should have been the Pure Country, Pure Heart poster. Just pick that up and bam, smash. Should have been. Uh, but what I really liked about this is the camera didn't just end on Brian going, Ugh, ah, <laughs> ah, ow. It ended on Brian getting up zombified and just like looking in the distance going, and sort of shuffling off towards Miz's direction. And then it cuts back to Corey and uh, Tom Todd Phillips and they're, they're talking about how they, Brian's obsessed now. And I, th- I thought that worked quite well as a wrinkle in the storyline, but in no way the most effective version of this feud. Absolutely not. Um, then we got the R-Truth Nakamura match. R-Truth and his entrance was so over. The guy looks phenomenal. He's got great charisma. I just, I forgot I love R-Truth so much. Are you now pushing for an R-Truth like push? I, d- I don't know. Definitely make him more featured. Yeah. Because he's got, he, he can just like get the crowd with his music on side immediately. There was a spot in this match where he did his usual what's up thing and everyone did it along with him. And then he looked at Nakamura and went, come on. And that was like, that was really cool. It really got me into the match. Nakamura dominated as he should have. But I thought Truth looked really impressive. Truth did look really, really good in this. But uh, I can almost see them more going with a uh, Truth Ty Dillinger comedy partnership where maybe they'll be like the C team and they'll win the belts. Maybe. Or like a, Actually, a well, Rhino the... and Heath Slater pairing. Yeah. Yeah. That well, would, well, that uh, wouldn't the third at all. tag team like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's. Um, I just thought, what a weird thing to have two weeks out from SummerSlam. And Nakamura's Hardy match. Sorry, a brief pause there. And apologies if you've heard a kind of noise throughout the entire show. We thought there was a fly in the room. Turns out there wasn't. It was actually my chair rubbing against this uh, cabinet. cabinet Metal cabinet thing. Hopefully that's fixed. Uh, But it also sounded like this podcast or video cast is haunted (laughs) now. By a fly. So we had the R-Truth Nakamura match. Next up, we got Bludgeon Brothers taking on a trio of jobbers. Loved this, This mate. This great. Yeah, no, really. uh, Yeah, that was the point you were going to make before we got interrupted was the uh, Nakamura-Hardy feud. And you just did this. But I I think that's good to have a little showcase match for Nakamura to show that he is dominant before you lead up into a Jeff Hardy match that's good because it shows that he's a winner yeah 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 Uh, that's fine and and again Bludgeon Brothers here shows that they are a completely dominant force we haven't seen them on TV for a little while now because they've been doing the tag team title tournament and they're not the sort of team you can have sitting out at commentary like Carmella could or Bobby Roode they couldn't just brood no no because they bludgeon and um uh, so they said they had them here come out and I genuinely thought they were coming out to do commentary and I was a little bit concerned because it was just before the tag match like you, which you knew was going to be the main event but then they came out here and they beat up three jobbers and it was wonderful yeah great stuff like Rowan doing this crazy double crossbody on the outside yep. taking out uh, two guys and then the the great spot of the Harper being scoop slammed onto a bunch of bodies yeah I would have preferred the commentary team to put over more how devastating the Bludgeon Brothers were as opposed to just laughing at what the jobbers Mm. were dressed like because Corey Graves was so distracted that one of them was dressed like Taz and had a a white beard and that's all he could talk about. 
Uh, I I really like the Bludgeon Brothers promo before this match. Spooky promo, man. In a sauna, it looked like. <laughs> and it looked like they, to me, they showed a bit more personality. It wasn't just, we will bludgeon. Up is down. Down is up. It was... I miss this, those days. It was Harper going... This is going to be fun. Yeah. We enjoy this. And he <laughs> smiled a bit. And I was like, oh, now I'm more scared. I wonder if that again was more of that WWE, a SmackDown shooting on WWE booking where he was doing his version of Charlotte's. This is going to be good. Woo! <laughs> then we got the SummerSlam match rundown, which is still going on. And finally for the main event, what a corky match, a way to round off this tag team tournament we knew it was going to be excellent if they gave them the right amount of time and they gave them about 30 minutes the bar taking on the new day man alive like it, we said it last week and we've said it in previous in- iterations of this show it shows you how much i've missed the bar because oh yeah god damn they're so good and this is like i know a lot of people say that we need to split them up because Zara needs that his singles run and Sheamus and, Sheamus, and I can totally see that but I do love these two as a tag team and I oh man I've missed the bar so much and I've missed this dynamic with the New Day and they just had an absolutely corking match and do you know what I really loved about this the thing I loved the most about this match aside from obviously all the great near falls and great action and this that and the other they work they structured a match around ad breaks mmm that's interesting like the middle portion of this match was essentially a little mini match that ended with this big near fall and then it was like and Smackdown rolls on and then you came back and you built to another set of near falls so you had like it it worked around the structure of the ad breaks it didn't just feel like here is two segments where we do rest holds and then we'll do the final stuff after the second ad break is done yeah it wasn't like the heels are on the outside the baby faces are inside shouting at them cut to commercial uh, I, I, it's, and I'm so thankful that it was in the main event spot as well. Yeah, really. Because I could have seen this as going in, like in the middle of the show, and the, it does add a significant amount of weight to a feud if it does get that main event spot and a tournament as well. Yeah, and it really shows that SmackDown are, are behind this tag team wrestling thing, which is tag team wrestling's great, but Raw is just like it's completely ignoring it now. So it's lovely to see SmackDown putting it like on a pedestal again uh so last week i said i don't know what it is about the bar they're still seamus and cesaro to me and you were like no i see them as the bar and we said it's weird because everything they've done their move sets they've got matching costumes they've got a matching team name they've done so much to make them work together i don't know why i feel this way i was talking it with fakador and fakador just looked at me and said but they've still got their old entrance music I was like, ah. of course. Because you got the... Yeah. And then into Seamus's, uh music. So yeah. if they, I think if they, that's all they need. They need the joint entrance music. That's that's when they'll break up, though. <laughs> uh, the crowd was super hot for God, this. God, weren't they just? The crowd loved New Day. Like, as soon as they came out, there were a massive chance of We Want Pancakes. Yeah. So, like, it's a testament to how good the New Day are. They were so much more over than the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I, th- I thought it was a great crowd all night, yeah. much like Jacksonville were. Uh, sort of got that SummerSlam fever. <coughs> and that, so it was Florida. No, it was Orlando, which is, which in, Florida. is in Florida. As uh, is Jacksonville. Oh, okay, so it was all round there. That's the way to get range cheered. Exactly. Just have it all from his home state. And I, it was almost as though Orlando have never seen a near fall before. <laughs> They thought every near fall was the end of the match. Yeah. And, you know, that that's a testament to the guys in the ring making you believe those near falls. But it just it was so fun for me to watch this. 
and get swept up in what was clearly not the finish just because the whole crowd were going crazy for it. There was a spot during this match where Cesaro did a superplex on Big E and because they did a long time of setting it up, I kept thinking, it was like, and Big E's going to reverse. Biggie's gonna reverse. Thinking to myself, I was like, they're not gonna do this spot though, are they? They're not gonna do a big old superplex on Biggie. And then they did, and I was like, Good lord, that looked yeah. so awesome. And then Seamus dived off with a big diving knee. That re- was just so much good stuff throughout this. Cesaro had a wicked sharpshooter locked in for ages, and he transitioned that into oh, that a was cross a great face spot, break. Yeah. And then, like, the best bit of this match, really, which was the finish, as well it should be. Cesaro's got this crossface logged in. Biggie stands up, still in the crossface, hoists him up on his shoulder, midnight hour. New Day pick up the win. They're facing the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. I loved this. Really, really terrific match. What worked so well about that that last bit there as well was so it was Cesaro got like sw- did the swing first which got the crowd crazy then into the sharpshooter but Kofi's taken out on the outside so he can't save Biggie and everyone's like oh my god Biggie's going to tap but Xavier Woods on the outside like willing Biggie to get up as much as Biggie's own inner strength to stand up and it just got the having that Woods dynamic out there yeah. really got the crowd into it even more they were already really into it it was yeah it was a really fun great match yeah. and then bludgeon brothers are shown sort of by a, an exit not in yeah. the traditional titan trumpet or up in the in the rafters so it, was, it was a nice touch yeah it was nice and it was just like their backs watching on the crowd didn't even seem to know they were there they just turned away and walked off yeah really like there was a nice that was a nice new way of visually presenting stuff. yeah i like that so corking corking match uh and now we're going to get the new day and the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam because of course you are because that's babyface versus heels it's remarkable I bought into the bar <laughs> winning so many times here well I thought the bar might win because it's what they haven't done before yeah. because they've done New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers already like we did, we were doing that at Wrestlemania and I just thought they might try and do something new but I'm actually I'm really glad it's the New Day it'll be on the pre-show but um, but uh, hey, man, New Day and the Usos were on the pre-show last year, and it stole the show. So there's every chance that this could do the same thing if it's given the time mm. it needs. Yeah, and that was a show with at least two other great matches. Uh, the other tag way. and the Fatal Four. Oh, fellow! But that's all we've got time for today. We've already set our ratings, uh, unless you want to do a. Because I, I I think this is still a smacktastic show. I, I know we had yeah, our criticisms yeah. of, of feuds, but none of it was awful. It just left a lot on the table. I just think what it was missing was a killer angle. Like I didn't come out of this wanting to see SummerSlam, mm. and that like for me, that's when when I'm watching a show, I want to build towards things. I just felt that the show wasn't really building towards anything. Just felt like it was the same show as last week, but with a few more matches. Just a but, really and, fun and without show any, without any killer angles. Yeah. But it's like it's it's interesting as well because you've often said that. Like that should be your base level, like uh, being yes. a, like just being a solid show should be like just your base level where every show should be. So I find it it's interesting then that because even though this is a very base level and a solid, you're still giving it the four out of five. Well, it's because, because of that, that main event. It's because that I mean that was half an hour. That was a third of the show. It was less than half hour. I think it was about twenty-ish minutes. Probably in live, it was half an hour mm. if you take if you include yeah. the air breaks. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a, qu- a quarter of the show then. So for me, that's what bumps it up to a, a smackdown. That's fair enough. If you have not done so already, the Patreon poll is now live, where you can go and vote 
on which song the losing team between Cultaholic and WrestleTalk are going to perform at Wrestling Media Con on September 9th. You've already heard the trailer for Wrestling Media Con at the start of this podcast, so you know what that's all about. Are you excited? Have you got like a personal favourite that you would like to do from the poll? Well, we, we got together all the, the, the ones. There's a lot of stuff that isn't wrestling theme tunes on there. I think because of the repetitive nature of wrestling theme tunes, I probably prefer to do an actual song with bridges and, and breakdown bits. I have, I have bad news for you then. Oh, what's winning? Well, the, all the actual songs are like 0%, 4%, 2%. Um, the... Oh, I'm really hoping the medley go, gets... Uh, Sexy Boy by Sean, not by Sean Michaels, although he is on the song. Uh, that's currently sixteen percent. Uh, the best of both brands is at twelve uh, percent. But way out in the lead at the moment is Mashup of all the above. Good, good, because that that's going to be the best one to watch live. I think mm. no one wants to. It'll be funny for fifteen seconds for us to perform any of these songs, but then it will get boring. And there's still three minutes left, and that three minutes is going to get very very long mm. so uh, at least the mashup way we can just do chorus here chorus there and i can tell you how much how mu- yeah how much by uh it's 30 percent way out in front it's, du- it's doubled what's in second place mm. um shows you how poor of a job wwe have done with uh, mike and maria canellis uh five percent of the vote has gone to mike and maria's incredible entrance music i remember they debuted at money in the bank uh, last year last year and that was the last thing I watched, really, before I went to Glastonbury. Mm. And I was obsessed with that song. And I found, like, a, a one-minute rip that someone had done on YouTube before they started cutting their promo. Uh, and so it was taken from Money in the Bank, and I just kept on playing that, singing it at the top of my lungs at four in the morning around campsites. Was uh, that guy. Absolutely. Right, would you like a uh, an agony arts request? Yes, lay it on me. Uh, okay, so um, I would say, though, to who this person is, if you've sent an email and not read it, don't just resend the email because it makes me not want to read it. Uh, so this is from Anonymous, obviously. So basically what happened is me and, my, uh, me and a girl from my school year broke up about three months ago. Lately, we've been getting quite friendly with each other again. It's a winking face emoji. We had a disco last Friday night, and me and my ex met up together at it and started kissing, but nothing more, just kissed. We never said we were going out or anything like that. So some time has passed that evening, and I see her getting cosy with another fellow. Oh, that's never nice. Sitting with him and laughing at his probably bad jokes. So me and my mate went onto the dance floor, and I thought this, I thought to myself, F her. Ten minutes passed and my friend said that I've got a new girl for you. So I went over and I kissed that girl a couple of times. Get I, in. I took her Snapchat and went on my way. Is that what people do these days? Yeah, you get their, you get their snap deets, I guess. Wow. I, I, I don't... Is that the ghost? Yeah, 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 in the little yellow box. Yeah, I don't know what it does, though. It, it's just to send dick pics to people. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, okay. Because yeah. it, it deletes I it after t- a while. I thought that's what Tinder was. That's so that I, I believe that leaves a record. But the idea behind Snapchat would be you you send you, a, a clip, like a 10 second video clip to all your friends. And then once they've watched it, it disappears into the ether. Although people can now record the screen and take yeah. screenshots. Is this a bit like those boomerang things that I don't quite understand? Well, that's just a looped video. Back but I don't forth. see the point of it. It is it's, aesthetically pleasing. Is it? It's nauseating. Sometimes <laughs> it's it's a good it's like thing you, yeah. for uh, female fitness professionals to shake their booties on and for Ollie to watch them. <laughs> I, I just think it's like gifts that are three seconds long. 
where you just like repeat over and over again. You're like, this is getting giving me a headache after a while. But it's not repeating it. It's it's going reversing. forward and going back and yeah. going forward and going back. Still has the same nauseating effects. Yeah, I'm surprised WWE haven't used it as an aesthetic yet. They don't know what it is yet. Yeah, so four years from now, there'll There's, be boomerangs and all the promos. They're still on tout. So we've got a we've got a an art and a, an agony yeah, art. So thing. anyway, he's taken her Snapchat and went on his way. I go outside to get some fresh air, and my ex comes over to me, and we have a chat. Mm. I asked who that guy was she was sitting with. Me expecting some BS excuse, uh, and then I'm shocked to say, uh, shocked to find out when she says it was her cousin. Ah. This was the first moment I realised I'd done effed up. She then says, <laughs> "You done effed up, boy." She then says, "Do you think I would cheat on you the first night we got back together?" Oh. This was the second moment I realized I done effed up. I panicked for a second and then I just kissed her again, thinking that's again how would she ever know I kissed another girl? She can't speak if if, <laughs> if you're kissing. So later on, she said she wanted to log into her Snapchat on my phone as hers was dead. <laughs> I think we can see where this is going now. She opened up my phone and she said, I see, I'll leave the name blank, has added you back. Me panicking, not knowing what to do. I just went, oh, did she? Uh, my My girlfriend just responds, yeah, I was meant to give her your Snapchat later, but I forgot. She then asked, how did she get it to you? So this is this is someone in your social circle. Apparently so. Oh, Another Christ. twist to this. I said, oh, I added her in quick thought. And then I recognized her name. I walked off, figured out that the other girl that I kissed was actually one of my girlfriend's BFFs. Oh, no. This is the third moment I realized I'd done effed up. So present day, the other girl has started texting me and coming on to me. Oh, yeah. Me not knowing, uh, uh, to me, not knowing I'm one of her friend's boyfriends. So what do I do? Do I come clean and explain to both girls and hope they both forgive me? Or do I just tell the other girl what's happened and say nothing to my girlfriend and hope the other girl doesn't say anything? I need your advice desperately. Thank you, guys. Love you. This this is like proper young people problem, isn't this it? This is, isn't it? Snapchat, <laughs> discos. Uh, <laughs> it's just young person stuff. Um, okay. So how? I mean, there's no indication of their actual age. It sounds like they're in school. I would I would say so. I mean, he does say so go from my year. school year, and they broke up about three months ago. Then they got back together. Yeah, a little roundup. Broke up, got back together. They went to a disco. He thought that his girlfriend was already cheating on him with someone else. So he went off and kissed some other girl. Turns out it wasn't another blight. It was her cousin. And then he got Snapchat from this other girl. She found out about the Snapchat. Now the girl with the Snapchat is doing some texting and doing a lot of coming on. And he doesn't know what to do. Mm. What, what do you do in this situation, Ollie Davis? So uh, I wouldn't worry about this too much. And I don't think you are because I think you see the humor in this situation. Yes. This is like a fun story to tell people uh, and everyone's going to get over it in real life. Ten years later. Yeah, like, you know, you've been broken up for three months. It's it's, it's not that big a deal, to be honest. Uh, and it is funny. <laughs> um, and all these sort of romances, I know it's, it sounds patronising, but they are fickle at that age. Like, it's called puppy love for a reason. I've been there. Luke's been there. We've all been there. And we move on. On that moment, on that, uh, though, my friend did marry the girl he dated at school. And yeah. they're very happy and they've got two kids. So and They're lame. <laughs> so it can happen. They got married at 21. Wow. I know. Uh, so <laughs> what I would suggest, and I'm, I'm suggesting this based off the sort of person, and don't take this as an insult, the sort of person I think you are 
because you found this just the nature of the email it's it's funny it's it's like you're experimenting with you you just you discovering all this just say you don't want anything serious and go out with both of them ollie davis that's a, oh that's, you're young this is the perfect time to do it that's terrible advice it's not terrible if they agree to it that is a bit terrible as i terrible are. man maybe it's a generational thing maybe but polygamy is an option but <laughs> like not everyone has to have that one person all the time i would and i'm going to take a very different route here i would take the honesty routes and just explain the situation like you say like and you you come up as like i realized that i've messed up here but now she is texting me saying like this this and this and that it's not cool i don't want to have secrets from you this is not a cool way to it's not a it's it's a toxic way to have a relationship so let's be honest with each other because eventually she's going to find out otherwise and then it's all going to get dragged up and it's going to become a big thing if you squash it now it doesn't become a thing. Well, the, our, our approaches aren't mutually exclusive. Mine involves honesty. You've got to base everything above on honesty. And you, yeah, you come clean. But within that, I mean, do you even want a girlfriend? If you don't want a girlfriend, and it doesn't really sound like you do because you kiss someone because the girl that you thought you were getting back together with talked to a guy. <laughs> like, that's a pretty fast move. Seems like an appropriate response. Yeah. Uh, so... You, you, you be honest and you're like look hey we've been out it's not going to work but you know I'm up for just seeing each other non-exclusively like by the way I'm, you, I've, I've also you know started chatting to this person and you know clear it with them and you could have yourself a little harem I don't think that's good advice in the least um but that's just my personal viewpoint on this if you maybe if you want to take a more basic view of this who's got the best snapchat like if you because you're gonna lose one of them, and you're gonna be like, oh, what? I get really good Snapchats out of this one, don't I? But the other one, don't give me the, as good Snapchats. Maybe that's how you want to. Is that how young people base things on these days? You don't want to be pinned down at that age, <laughs> unless you do. Ollie Davis thought this until he was twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Twelve, yeah, but but for a twenty-five-year-old who didn't like to be pinned down, <laughs> I had three over two-year relationships. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm needy. I'm reverse. This is my advice. You can settle down later. If you've got the ability to to befriend as many women as possible at one time and not annoy anyone by being open and honest, go for it. I'm going to do one last Rusev hey before we get out of here. Hey, Luke, brackets, not Ollie. I thought I would explain. I, <laughs> I thought I would email in about the time <laughs> I met Chris Jericho. I drank water the wrong way. Oh, mate, you're right. I think it's karma for suggesting polygamy. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Carry on, Chris Jericho. Uh, I was probably around 9 or 10, so it was about 2009, 2010-ish. God, that makes me feel very old. Mm. And my dad and I had just left Raw. I was so excited because it was my first time at a wrestling show, and despite how bad the storylines and wrestling might have been <laughs> that night, oh, and they probably were, it didn't matter to me because I was a kid who just liked seeing John Cena bury anyone who stepped in the <laughs> ring with him. Back to the story. We were leaving the arena, the show was being held at, and it took and we took a wrong turn. We were unfamiliar with the town it was being held in. It was about an hour or so away from where we actually lived. As we were driving, we saw a black car pull up of the, uh, the back of the arena and cut us off. My dad, being pissed off, started to curse at him until he noticed the license plate was a rental. This immediately got him thinking that it could possibly be a wrestler. So he pulled into the lane behind him and tried to speed up to see who it was. What happened was more or less a high 
high-speed chase as we tried to get look into that car as he tried to get away. Eventually, we got to a red light, the car stopped, and we got next to him. I could then see that it was none other than Y2J mouthing, effing red light! He then looked over to me and smiled and waved, and I rolled down my window, and he did the same. Me being a child and not knowing what to say, brackets, and not knowing what, that wrestling wasn't real at the time, close brackets, I said, Hi, Mr. Jericho, thank you for wrestling tonight. You did a really good, even though you lost. He said something along the lines of, thanks, kid, have a nice life and quit following me, then sped off. So there you have it. That was the time I I kind of met Chris Jericho. That's a good story. Involves drama, car chases, Chris (laughs) Jericho swearing at a red light. It's everything you could possibly want from a story, really, when you think about it. So every couple of months... Oh, that was from uh, Harrison Berry. (laughs) Thank you, Harrison Berry. Every couple of months, someone posts on Reddit that... That promo segment where Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, after the Survivor Series mishap, and this was like two years ago, going back and forth about uh, like who cost the, the, the match, and it really looks like they're going to break up, and they, it goes on forever, and they go, okay, let's say who we, who's really to blame. One, two, and that you think they're going to say each other, but they both go... Roman Reigns, and then they hug, and the crowd goes nuts. I watched it again this morning. Chris Jericho's amazing. I saw someone was showing out a wrestling clip online that I'd, it was a segment I'd forgot happened, but everything that happened in it was just so, so awesome. And it's uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Randy Orton all in the ring at the same time. Hunter and and, uh, Shawn Michaels are in suits and stuff. And this sort of altercation happens, and CM Punk sort of accidentally hits Triple H. And then Shawn Michaels super kicks Punk and lays him out. And then all of a sudden, Bryan hits a flying knee on Shawn Michaels, and he takes this massive bump. Triple H seeing what happens, well, like... Randy Orton's trying to RKO him sees what happens and then Triple H pedigrees Daniel Bryan out of frustration for hitting his friend and I was like man hey the star power that was in that ring and the awesomeness of seeing Daniel Bryan hit his running knee on on Shawn Michaels and the fact that CM Punk was there and I sort of miss CM Punk mm. it's great stuff oh, better days better days but anyway that's all we've got time for for today we'll be back on Saturday with the magazine version of this show we'll have crap gimmicks your mailbag questions we're expecting some a good amount of mailbag questions we have quite a few new pledge hammers come in off the back of this Patreon pollage so please do send in your questions take care I love you goodbye want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.